Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. People in the world, it has been some time since I have last spoken to you over a month. What is going on? This is Saeed Benga coming live and direct, live and direct from L.A. I'm actually on a rooftop. This is a live broadcast. If you hear a plane flying over, don't worry. Someone's not trying to get me. So I don't know where to begin. September 6th. I think I want to do a little music. You know, I like to have my music playing when I do what I do. So, again, if you hear some sirens going by, you hear a helicopter flying over, don't worry about it. No one's coming after me. So let's do a little intro here. You ready? Let's have some fun. so much. I know you want to play some rock hands, some Eric B, some Know the Ledge. You want to play some Congolese music, but you know today is a symposium. First broadcast of the Sai Kekes to the Benga or Sai K to Benga Symposium. Folks, you can join me live. Come to the chat if you're hearing to me. If, you, if you're hearing to me, right? I have like 15 people, my usual 15 people who one day I'm going to put on the microphone running the boards back there, running the music, and we had a producer as I sit in my little lonely little room here with the windows up, all isolated, and they're over there having a little party. But today it's going to be a little, a little different thing. Usually we do our DRCNN, and we do our We're on the Street, where we talk about who's doing what in the business of Hollywood, who's doing what in the business of global politics, who's doing what on the street, the neighborhood, the community, and the school. We give everybody some love because everybody's a star, even though some people in Hollywood try to make it seem like it's an us and them. You know, we're the stars because we're on TV and you're not. Yeah, okay, well, you know, we stop watching TV, you're going to be on the unemployment line with everybody else. So today we're going to talk about a few different things. You know, a lot has happened since we've been on the air. I've really um, been overwhelmed with the, the amount of emails from people globally on top of that who have asked when we're going to do our next broadcast, what's going on, you're still on the air, did they deport you, you incarcerated, I mean, what's happening? Basically what's been going on is that just a lot of things have been happening with the Congo film that's coming along. Very well, we're getting ready to do our next shoot October, the weekend of October 24th. 
in Los Angeles where we're going to shoot the final three scenes for the uh, Congolese promo film. Though it's going to be about 30, 35 minutes long, almost like a short movie, but um, we'll have those two, we'll have those three scenes completed October. Uh, they should be edited and what have you by the middle of November. Uh, Dave Che is actually the director of this piece. He edited the Congo scenes that were related to Angola. If you go to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, uh, I believe it's forward slash Sai Dabinga or Sai.Dabinga, you'll see me as Sai. You can't say Dabinga. Uh, you'll see some footage. The Angolan scene, the hate, and the Haitian scene is uh, what Dave had edited. And I know he wanted to direct for some time. I actually saw his reel. I said, look, I want you to direct this piece. And he was like, okay, no problem. Definitely down. I think I have a good idea who his crew is going to be on that one. So that's been taking a lot of pre-planning, scouting, and location footage and what have you. Then we had the casting, and now we have to finish up the costuming and uh, the linguistic act. Again, we're going to have uh, about three different languages in there from, from the continent, from the culture of uh, Congo, uh, a little bit of Swahili. I think we have, uh, yeah, we have some Swahili. Uh, I believe we have some Lingala. I'm not too sure. I know we have Kikongo in there. And we're actually going to have some uh, accented English from the Rwandese. In this piece, it's going to feature uh, not Ribera, uh, but Kabarebe, uh, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, uh, the gentleman that basically was responsible for a lot of slaughter in Eastern Congo. He was the Rwandan army. Um, so that's coming together very well. On top of that, we have the uh, sixth annual Congolese Memorial that's going to take place in New York, September 26th. Speaking of New York, I'd like to give a shout out to Colette Denard out there in New York. Uh, strong actress, strong advocacy, advocate, though she doesn't know it, but I can see it. Uh, she's out there in New York. So, hello, Colette Denard. Hope everything's going well. She's actually uh, one of the leads in our Hammer Down project. We call it the X-Files project since we don't really talk about the details. So but it's a nice project geared towards our female the actresses in the business, you know, Latinos, Latinas, um, Black American and what have you. So we have a nice little flow in there. We have uh, three Asian characters also. It's called Hammer Down. The Church of the Coventry. Uh, I'll definitely talk about that as we get closer. So right now, everything's basically set. We're just uh, looking for sponsors for the reception. So if you're listening to me live and direct out there and you want to sponsor the reception, it's only 100 bucks. Let me know. Every, you know. every nickel, dime, quarter, dollar helps. Sorry, no euros, no shillings, no pounds, no CDs, American dollars, please. I know some of my friends back there are waving some francs that just came back from Europe. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, let's see. I believe um, that's what's been going on. Plus, I teach also at uh, New Design Charter School. So that's been taking some time. We had a two-week orientation in mid-August that just got completed. And they have, a, they have three academies. One's uh, law and diplomacy. One is IT and one is medical. And I have been appointed uh, the coordinator for the law and, and Diplomacy Academy, so you know <laughs> this is going to be fun. You know, a lot of work. It's actually the ninth graders, and you'd really be surprised how smart they are when it comes to legal matters and what have you. So that's coming along very well. It's just been taking a long time, you know, a lot of time putting together the lessons plan, the curriculum. We have some courtroom visits, visiting some attorneys, coordinating visits from a few people. So that's, taking, that's just taking a lot of time in a good way. It's not a complaint. So, you know, just very many things have been happening. Uh, first and foremost, what's been on my mind is I was able to help the family, visit the family back in Boston for a while. So that was good. It was nice to see. And I couldn't see all my friends back there while I was there. 
But, you know, I get got a chance to spend time with my siblings, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, the nieces and nephews. You know, I was there for two and a half weeks. It, it was beautiful. It was really nice being there with the family, and I really miss my family. Those that really know me out here in L.A. know how much I struggle being away from the family. But it's a sacrifice. I don't say but it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice being so far from them to do the things I want to do out here. But, you know, I'm not going to be in L.A. forever. It's about the family. It's about Congo. There's some plans I have for the DRC in the next few weeks. But right now we're definitely looking forward to uh, September 26th, the 6th Annual Congolese Memorial, which will this year take place in New York City. It's RSVP. If you're going to be there, you need to be on the RSVP list. If you are not, you will not be let in because space is limited. And, you know, we'll have a few ambassadors will be there giving out a few awards, going to acknowledge a few people out there, uh, Amini, Amini Kanjunju, uh, Shatoa Foundation, uh, my friend from, uh, I believe he's moving to the west, to the east coast now, uh, Mr. Desolele, uh Stanford fellow, or the Hoover fellow. I never, I never get that right, but he's a, he's a fellow, and he's a great guy. He's done a lot of stuff for the Congo. He's been very very proactive, very informative, and it's a great representation of Congo's best. Uh, so we're going to have the Congolese ambassador to the UN, Ambassador Ileka Atoki. Let's the other way around, Atoki Ileka. Ambassador Ileka. Sometimes you see his name in two different ways, depending on what site you go to. But Ambassador Ileka is the Congolese ambassador to uh, the permanent ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, we have an award for him. And we have a few other surprises. Uh, three other countries who stood by Congo in her darkest hour in reference to Rwanda will be acknowledged. And again, you know, I'll announce the people who will be in attendance for that award segment uh, as we get closer to the date. I will be in New York. Everything works out. I'll be in New York September 25th, Friday, getting things together. So if you're going to be out there, let me know. It's definitely me. We'll be broadcasting the show live from, uh, we'll be broadcasting live from the memorial. It's going to be from, I believe, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, so we'll be doing two components, uh, two hours for the memorial itself, then we'll come back a few minutes later for the reception. And again, we're looking for folks to sponsor the reception. You know how, what that means is, you know, whatever contribution you make. It's, you, it will be uh, food or what have you, uh, refreshments provided by your name or your organization. And it'll be tax deductible in this case because uh, the memorial is always for some cause, and this year it's going to be for the Kalala Health Clinic the Kalala Health Clinic that's, I'm not missing a name there, but the clinic that's in the Kasai uh, province of the DRC. Uh, they already have the clinic up. They're providing limited service, services, but there's other things they want to do to get it fully operational. So all donations will be going to that. Uh, actually, no, part of the donations, people have a deci- uh, choice. Do they want to make a donation to the clinic uh, or they want to make a donation to the film, Once Upon a Time in the Congo, the promo piece? Uh, if you make a donation to the film, you get a producer's credit. Yes, you will get a producer's credit because money equals producing. And on top of that, you'll definitely get uh, some free promo items. That The list is getting longer. I have to cut that list sometime soon. Now, today's a symposium. We're going to talk about a few things here. We have some guests lined up coming down the road. We have Stan Yambo from Congo News Channel. I conversed with him several days ago. He's been doing a lot of things for the DRC, a lot of things for the culture, a lot of advocacy. And he's also proud of Kill Radio out here in Los Angeles. I've never had a chance to actually listen to the show, but when I see what they talk about on their post, it's really a, a good venture. We're looking to do that show probably the Saturday before I leave for New York. I believe that will be, let's see, 15, 16, 17, 18, 
15, 16, 17, I believe it's September 19th, we'll be doing a show. Uh, it's a two-hour show. Literally, two hours. If you want to sponsor that show, let us know. If you have an announcement you'd like to make, let us know. Well, it's going to be myself and, and along with uh, Stan Yambo from Congo News Channel, cnc.com. Check him out. You can also find links to him on my Facebook page. Uh, a lot of people wonder why I even have a Facebook page. I didn't really want one, you know, but, you know, the good thing, you know, I was able to upload some video, and I like the Flash player there, but, you know, I just saw no value to it. But then again, that changed quickly when a lot of my old friends from back in the day, I mean, back in grade school, found me, we reconnected. I can see what people mean by, you know, it has that benefit. So that's been good. But um, you can find Stan Yambo on there. He's a connection, uh, one of my uh, friends, and he has a great what's going on back home, what's going on in Europe, anything to do with the DRC, anywhere in the world he broadcasts. I guess I'm really looking for that show. We've been trying to work out how we're going to do this for some time because, you know, we're both producers and, you know, writers and what have you. So it's been a matter of just really a scheduling conflict of I want to do it this day, but he's not available because there's been some uh, marches taking place in L.A. Then he's available, but I'm shooting or I have a meeting or I have uh, some other things going on, conferences, what have you. And, you know, so it's really been a, a, a challenge getting us together on the same earth. But we talked a couple of days earlier a couple of days ago about, you know, look, man, I said, you know, Stan, forget this. We're going to do a show two hours deep because we always have a conversation about Congo that goes deep into the archives of the cache of history, you know, and I'll share that when we get to the foreign policy segment of the show. So also I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, my big sister, Crystal Strachan, out there. I believe she's in Miami um, doing what she does. I haven't seen her in a long time. She's one of the few people I actually listen to. <laughs> so, Crystal, hope you're doing well. Love you, big sis. And also along those lines, I'd like to say hello to my younger brother, Dylan Ostrachan, out there in Australia. You know, we're on, we connected by Facebook, and, but we connected earlier than that where somehow, I believe, yeah, I looked for him on the net and we connected. And we met back in college. We were both young, I think. Yeah, I had just turned 16, and I think he was the same age um, at UMass Boston is where we met. And we became very good friends. You know, we had a very similar experience, you know, folks being older than us and stuff like that. But... He's one of my best, 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 best friends. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Tope Oluwule out there in Boston. Hope he's doing well and enjoying his day. Uh, shout-out to the Dabinga clan, the Raja clan, the Wakabongo clan, the Alpha Phi Theta clan, Alpha Phi Theta fraternity, Incorporated. So that's a cute few shout-outs. And I'll definitely do that through the show because it's been a long time. We have about 300 emails here. That's what delayed us from getting online um, on time, so I apologize. We are working at the Kings. Right, producer back there? Exactly. Um, also, one of the biggest news that took place was uh, the passing of our faucet. She passed away, Charles Angel. Um, David Carradine was found, you know, um, dead in the Philippines. And he went tragically. And on, also along those lines, Michael Jackson passed away several months ago. So we're going to have a little thing for Michael. And, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll have something for each person. Uh, the young generation may know David Carradine as Bill in Kill Bill. The older generation will know Farrah Fawcett as Charlie's Angels. So, so a lot of things have been going on, good and bad in the world. But, you know, I, try to, I want to focus on the, on the good stuff. I reconnected with a good friend of mine, Nana, in New York. She's a stylist, um, fashionista. She's a consultant. She's also an attorney. Uh, so a fellow African. She's a, by a Ghana. 
So we got a chance to reconnect, and uh, hopefully we can reconnect and we get out uh, personally on the same space when I get to New York. So today is the first show uh, to the symposium. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be assembling uh, some guests. So today, I think, you know, for the next uh, two or three shows, it'll be myself solo as we work and get into logistics. Some people always ask why I don't do a call-in. Sometimes, it depends what kind of phone, you don't get a good reception. But we'll be doing that also because there are some people outside of the L.A., outside of California that I definitely want to talk to. But the show today, uh, the breakdown is going to be politics, economics, business, foreign policy, healthcare, and entertainment. Again, there's politics, economics, business, foreign policy, healthcare, and entertainment. Those are the segments that I'll be covering in this um, show here. So let's start off with the politics. And, you know, one of the biggest news that took place was uh, recently was the death of Senator Ted Kennedy, you know, from the uh, Kennedy uh, family, Robert, John, uh, Maria Schreiber, that was one of the nieces, what have you. Um, that was a tragic loss. He died of brain cancer. He was a fighter to the end. Yes, he had his uh, personal demons in his life with Chappaquiddick. Um, I believe he's never recovered from that. I won't say politically, but I say personally. Uh, it was a moving ceremony that took place, as my brother pointed out, took place in Roxbury. I mean, we if you ever see the funeral again on CNN, that funeral took that mass at the church was in Roxbury, literally. It was about almost a 10-minute walk from Dudley Station. So it was in the black community. I was a, it was an emotional turnout, great words by a lot of people. President Obama, who I believe was vacation with his family in Hyannis, was there with his family. Uh, Senator Biden, uh, Jimmy Carter, President Carter was there. Uh, President Bush was there the second. The father felt that President Bush there would be a strong representative for the family. So Senator Kennedy, his voice was missed. He was always for the people. If you ever look some, for some videos on YouTube or what have you, he was always about the people. You know, health care was a big thing for him. And it was really emotional seeing the clips. I didn't get a chance to see it live. I really didn't want to see it live because, you know, growing up in Boston, you know, Boston's our adopted hometown, you know, from Congo, but Boston's my adopted hometown, even though we first came to Worcester, Illinois. So I have a little bias towards Illinois, but Boston is the place. But to see all those people lining the roads on both sides as his body was brought through, and all they kept saying was, thank you, Ted, thank you, thank you, thank you because he touched the lives of the people. There was a story that he was walking uh, on the beach and he met uh, two lesbians who just got married. And they shared that he spoke to them as though he really had an interest in who they were and in their lives. And that story kind of transcends politics in that people that Senator Kennedy met, they all felt as though he was in concern about them. A concern about this person's situation or that person's situation. A family was uh, a lady lost her family in a vicious crime, a violent crime. She reached, he reached out to her, consoled her, and he was a fighter. I remember, I know that some of you saw him at the uh, the uh, nomination for um, then Senator uh, Barack Obama, and a lot of people didn't know that that was a surprise visit. He was his doctor said he should not go, but he knew it was too important. He was there, I believe, for seven to eight minutes. He, he uh, did his speech again. The, the challenge remains. The course is strong. I, something along those lines, but you know the speech. So Senator Kennedy um, is now in a, in a better place. His legacy lives on. I believe, he, yes, he was buried next to his brothers, uh, Robert and John. It was very moving. Uh, if you ever go to Boston, you know, you'll see a lot of places that have the Kennedy name. And ironically, or importantly, that when they took the body, uh, to his final resting place at Arlington Cemetery, they took the body by all the places that were named after him. So that's why it took so long for him to get to his final resting place. 
so the tragic loss um, beyond the sadness of losing Senator Kennedy. There's also some other situations coming up. We have midterm elections coming up in the United States. Uh, we'll talk about the international elections uh, in the fall. But we have midterm elections coming up, and things are really looking very precarious for the Democrats in that, though they control the House, though they control the Congress, um, the health care debate, which we will talk about in the health care section, obviously, has really created a schism within the Democratic Party with the liberals in reference to the, uh, the public option. And that, as Senator, then-Senator uh, Obama said, was mandatory. Now he's uh, backpedaling a little bit on that on that uh, part of the legislation for health care. It's really been a struggle for President Obama, and I have a good idea why that is. And again, we'll touch on that in the health care segment. But again, midterm elections are coming up, and a lot of people are really concerned, particularly the Democratic Party and even some independents. Uh, the Democrats have, have a good chance of losing a couple of seats by the disgruntness of not just the those within the Democratic Party, but those in the Independent Party who supported a lot of the agendas of then-Senator-elect Obama, who was not you know, obviously President Obama. So the midterm elections are going to very, be very critical for the status of power in, in Washington, D.C. So we'll report on that uh, more closely in the next show. So we just want to touch on that today. Um, going on to the economic situation, the economic perspective uh, segment, the global recession has really shown no sign of easing. London right now, the UK, the United Kingdom, is becoming a wasteland in reference to stores shuttering, I'm sorry, stores closing down or what have you. It's really been a struggle. I know people look at the United States in reference to uh, how the banking crisis and real estate crisis kind of initiated this whole movement, but it's actually a global, a global uh, situation, and it really shows how the globalization of the economy has, it has really been intertwined more than some people thought. And London is just becoming a problem. And on top of that, you know, it's not just a situation in the, in the quote-unquote developed nation. It's, just, it's a situation in the underdeveloped nations or countries that rely on economic aid because as we'll say, example, if you lose your job, all those people you've been lending money to or giving money to now have no source of income from you. So if you look at a lot of these countries that are donor-supported, such as Rwanda or Latin America, what have you, certain countries in Latin America and in Africa, what have you, as the global recession has, you know, really extended its grip, um, economic aid and foreign aid has really dwindled to a, to a point where there was a comp, uh, meeting of the G8 and the G20 at both meetings where one of the agendas was the, the sustaining of aid, economic aid, to these developing countries who were promised the aid. So that situation has really, really, really been hammered. And I don't really see um, a light at the end of the tumble, tunnel as yet. But there's an economic indicator that I want to get together and present to you in the next show. So, again, as we go through our symposiums, as we go through our segments, as we go further on into the program in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely be able to present to you more numbers, not numbers where you're so confused, like if, unless you're an econ economist, but, you know, numbers to back up what I'm saying and to illustrate what I'm saying in layman's terms. Beyond the global recession, the U.S. unemployment rate is, is really a situation right now, to say the least. I believe that the last numbers were, I believe, 9.87% two days ago, if I recall the, uh, the announcement. That's not really good, and it's, it's definitely going to hit, if it hasn't done so, 10% in California. Now, what's happening with the unemployment situation in the United States is that those, the numbers often include those who have given up looking for work, those whose benefits have run out and may not be able to apply for new benefits. 
though the White House has extended the uh, benefits, the length of the benefits to be received by the recipients, the unemployment numbers, you know, it's like with the Bible. You can always find a verse to, to, to support what you believe. So in this situation, one of the people, one of the segments that's not being included is the temporary workers. Now, if you include the temporary workers, those that are working at a temporary at a temp job, you know, Olsons or uh, Deco or what have you, what's happening is that they're not including them. So if you have an assignment for one day, you are considered you're, you're considered employed. But if you lose, if the sign comes to an end, at the end of that day, you are now back on the unemployment roll. So now White, the White House is, is resisting the pressure to include the temporary workforce because that number is so transient and so, fluctu- is so fluctuative that it's really hard to determine what that exact, exact number is. But it, is, it has been agreed in D.C., in the uh, economic uh, think tanks and policymakers and policy groups, that should you Im- include the temporary employees in the United States to the current unemployment rate, you're looking at well above 10, 11%. You, can, you may think the recession is easing, but it's going to be a hiccup where it's going to be, something's going to be slow here, fast there. But a lot of these jobs that were lost are not coming back. I know some people have some hopes, but they are not coming back. So right now when it comes to education and things like that, you see a lot of people going back to school to, get, to learn more about the green technology and technology itself. That's something we'll touch later on down the road. Uh, we will save the housing component for next week's show, being that there were some numbers I want to take a look at and to present to you. Our next segment here is the business segment. Uh, the two biggest news that took place recently, uh, the, the, the latter we'll discuss first, was Disney's purchase of Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion. I'm not sh- – I didn't get a chance to research the, the financial instruments they used to make the acquisition, but in, ac- but in acquiring Marvel Entertainment, they acquired 5,000 characters that are owned by Marvel. So as a, a friend joked to me several days ago, or I saw on an on a internet post. So that means one day you may see the X-Men, you know, rescuing um, Mickey Mouse or something like that. It, 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 does it mean anything uh, as a business? Uh, it, it, yes, it does. It allows Disney to expand. I mean, Disney to expand into other arenas, other genres. Um, also gives them access to characters that they could, you know, with their creative team and their subsidiaries, they can definitely create some more tent poles, some more franchise films along those lines. Also, conversely, um, along that same track, you have to understand that I believe Time Warner owned DC for a long, DC comics for a long time. And that didn't ensure great movies like Superman Reborn. So is it a good business deal for Disney? Yes, it is, because it gives them, uh, gives them access to channels that they never had access to before or would not want to invest the time and money and strategic energy to get those those um, those assets and get into those avenues. For Marvel, um, I believe it gives a little sigh of relief, talking to a few of my friends that actually work for Marvel Entertainment. It gives a, you know, there's a time where people are wondering if their checks are going to clear or if the checks are going to be on time. But with the resources that Denny makes available, I believe that's going to take, uh, take that concern out of the picture since there will definitely be a steady revenue. Now, the question is, again, without looking at the structure of Disney itself and Marvel, I'm sure there's going to be some overlapping. So as it is, if you are, if you are being acquired, the company being acquired has to lay off people. So stay, you know, definitely keep, uh, keep abreast of the developments. I'll present it to you as I receive it, in that I would not be surprised to see some layoffs in, company, in departments that overlap. That may include some of the artists, because Disney has its own cadre of artists globally. 
So this should be something very interesting. I'm sad because years ago, back in the 90s, I advised a lawyer friend of mine to buy Disney when it was trading at $2 a share. Now, I didn't have enough money to buy it at that time, but the deal right now is that the, uh, Disney is going to offer $30 a share to all Disney holders, I mean to all Marvel stockholders. So you can look on the rate of return I would have had had I been able to buy that block over a period of time. Uh, I believe it shrunk again around the time Perlman had bought the company. But it should be a nice payout. I believe they'll get uh, 1.5 shares of Disney. Again, I'll present these numbers to you more in-depth in our next show. And I'll definitely keep you informed of how this could benefit you. Uh, the next big news in business as it relates to entertainment was Steven Spielberg's uh, DreamWorks deal that allowed them to get a funding, uh, a film fund of $827 million. Rocked through Hollywood. That news rocked a lot of people, a lot of people through the industry. That's a lot of money. But when you look at, you know, when you look, if you understand investment banking, uh, this, the way he did it was very interesting because Disney was a player in this. Uh, it was Disney, I believe, was Sydney Sheldon, I believe her name is. I could be pronouncing it wrong, but it was DreamWorks. They actually, uh, did a part, got involved in a partnership with some bankers, some invest, investment bankers or um, producers, what have you, in India that made their, their money in the Bollywood industry, ho- uh, Hollywood, what they call Bollywood over there, um, to not take up too much time. Basically, want Disney's participation was that there was a, a debt financing vehicle from Disney and that I believe they gave a loan of $129, $130 million against, which means they gave a $139 million loan to DreamWorks in the package that will be paid back through the products, through the films that are released. And I believe Disney may actually have an exclusive on the distribution with DreamWorks. Mark, if you look into that, no, Sandy, Sandy, can you look into that before the show's over? Or they may have a cold distribution deal. I think if Marcus or Sandy, can you get that? Can you get that information for me? I'll present that to you. But that's the kind of business that I like. Now, they can, I believe that will allow them to do a slate of 25 to 27 films, I believe over the next two years or a year, what have you. But basically, they have the financing basically close to a billion dollars, which we haven't seen since the days that the Germans have the tax loophole, that if you invest the money in any kind of film, you got the tax loophole and have a Hollywood flood to Berlin saying, Dankeschön. So that's the, that's the information regarding entertainment as it comes to the business. Foreign policy, uh, three things have happened recently. We'll, go, um, we'll, go, we'll start with Hillary Clinton visiting the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, she went to Kinshasa, got a presentation that I thought was kind of weak by, <laughs> so I, think it was the foreign, I think it was the foreign minister, the prime minister, whoever it was. But, man, that, that setting looked kind of like low-rent district. Uh, the Kembe Matombo was there, and ironically, some individuals from the IMF and the World Bank were there. And if you wonder why, that's ironically, there's an issue with uh, Kinshasa accepting a uh, debt financing package in exchange for resources from China, which the IMF and World Bank have had a problem with. We will talk about that next when we have Stan on the show because I'm going to tie that to a speech Mobutu made, Mobutu Sese Seko made back in 1973 to the UN that was very prophetic. And I came across this video when Stan had sent it to me a couple of days ago. Um, so Hillary went to Kinshasa, and she made a visit against, from what I understand, against her advisor's wishes to the eastern part of Congo. I believe she went to Goma and saw firsthand um, the brutality that's been, against, that's been 
brought against the population. The question is, you wonder how much she feels the responsibility since it was her husband, President Clinton, who gave the okay for Rwanda to invade Congo and didn't condemn Rwanda's uh, mass murdering, mass murder in Eastern Congo. So you wonder if that crossed her mind. I would say it did to a certain extent because, you know, she said, you know the African, you know our student. Someone asked her a question, one of the students asked her a question in reference to uh, her husband's opinion to what was going on in this, in this situation. And I think you've seen it already on the news how she lashed back at him saying, you want to know what my husband thinks about the situation? I'm the secretary. He's not the secretary of state. I am. So there was a kind of a argument, okay, was something lost in translation? Did she hear it wrong? Oh, it was hot in the room? But no, the student did ask that. She reacted the way she did. And I think if Hillary reacted that during the election against President Obama, she would have beat him because that's the Hillary that a lot of people know. That's very feisty, very, very uh, – she will stand up for her beliefs, and she will confront those she feels are wrong and express her opinion. I think that's what hurt her during the election and that too many handlers are saying don't do this when she, which basically made her go against her own nature. So that trip, we'll we will talk again more about that deeper in depth next week. We just want to get a few things in. Uh, foreign policy, the election in, in Afghanistan, uh, President Karzai, the incumbent, is creeping closer to 50%. Um, it's, a very, it's a very tricky situation in reference to foreign policy because the situation is this. On one hand, when you had uh, President Amishnadan in Iran win, a lot of people were condemning him. A lot of uh, Western countries were condemning him, saying the election was a fraud, the election was a scam, the election was nothing. We're not going to recognize this guy. Now, on the other hand, though, you have President Karzai in Afghanistan, where it's been on record, presented on World News Tonight, BBC, and what have you, that there is voter fraud going on. And I believe word just came out that the voting results from 47 polls was thrown out in Afghanistan. Now, what will that say? What will be the word uh, support towards Karzai? Should he get that 50% with all this voter fraud taking place in Afghanistan on record, on videotape? Basically what's happening, for example, is that when people go to vote at the polls in Afghanistan, there are places where you have a picture of the candidate, and Karzai, the, the box next to President Karzai's um, face is already checked off. This, is, this was shown on videotape recently, I believe on ABC News. So let's, we're going to watch very carefully what's going to happen in that situation. What, will he win? Will there be a runoff? Because that's what he wants to avoid is a runoff. And should that happen, then what, what, what kind – will he get strong support or tepid support? When President Amishnadan from Iran – I think I hope I'm pronouncing his name right – won the first time, he got strong support visibly from the supreme leader. This year when he, when he won, when it was confirmed a few weeks ago – uh, it was a very tepid, hesitant support, uh, gesture of support that was given to the uh, re-election of the president of Iran. So Karzai is in a tricky situation, and it's very interesting, this scenario that's taking place in Afghanistan, and we'll try to cover that deeper. And again, we're just touching things here, but to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about. Also in Gabon, the uh, son of the late president won the election. He won by 42%. Gabon is an oil-rich country. Now, 42% is almost like uh, uh, Mayor Bella Ragosa's numbers here in Los Angeles recently. Uh, I believe he won by a margin of uh, – he won by he won 48% of the vote, I believe it was. Oh, 51%. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. Um, right now, people are looking at the situation of Gabon's oil rich. You know the United States is looking at resources of oil, oil resources beyond and away from the Middle East, such as Angola, Nigeria. Uh, there have been riots, uh, civil unrest in Gabon in reference to this. Uh, his wife is French. 
no question she's French, and people feel that he's still a, the son through the wife, and just French being the former colonial power will be a pup, will remain a puppet of France. Uh, the gentleman speaks fluent English, fluent French, but he does not speak. He struggles to speak the local language, which is not endearing him to the people. So that's creating the, situ- the image of him being a stooge of France. We will watch this as they, as uh, news develops. But yes, there's civil unrest, primarily outside of the stadium, uh, whose name I do not have uh, in front of me, um, in Gabon. Uh, we go down to health care. Uh, President Obama is struggling. Uh, the mistake, uh, what the mistake he's making is, is the same with the stimulus package, in that he did increase. He had that. He had mass, uh, House Speaker Pelosi and the House and uh, the Democrats create the stimulus package, and then he would sign off on it. And the same thing with the health care uh, initiative. He's having the, the Houses and the, the Congress put it together, and he's uh, be, remaining above the fray. So what's happening is that you have certain things in the health care provision that he didn't agree and, didn't, and will not support, yet it's his colleagues, the Democratic Party, in both the House. They, I mean, they basically control Washington right now. They're the ones who are arguing across not across the aisle, Democratic and Republicans, they're arguing across the table with each other. And Obama, President Obama, I believe, is to make a, a speech sometime the next day or two, if not today, and hopefully I did not miss it, I'd definitely like to watch it, where he's going to state his case. And this could weaken him. This could really weaken him on the reelection because uh, he's finding out that there's, there's one thing, there's things you can promise as a senator that you cannot enforce when you are the president. And his Polls are going down. He can say he doesn't watch it, but yes, he does watch the polls. His numbers are low. Um, this could weaken him, among other things, because health care is a very strong issue for a lot of people. Now, let's remember, I'm going to share something with you that uh, the uh, doctor had, who had worked on my knee shared with me uh, several days ago, because this health care debate has been very confusing to me. Is it about the people that don't have health care? Is it about the people that can't afford health care? Or is it the kind of health care that people want? You know, um, Governor Palin, uh, ex-Governor Palin, who resigned recently, uh, made a comment about the death panel, that there will be some people somewhere in some room somewhere that's going to make the decision about whether Grandma or, Grand, or, or Aunt Lily will have the uh, plug pulled out because it's going to be too, too much to care for her. Um, President Obama thankfully came out, uh, thankfully for him, came out to say that's not true. He explained it personally. He explained, I believe, he used an example of his mother, and her passing as an example of uh, the effect of not having affordable health care. But what doc, the doctor, Doc Sampson, has shared with me uh, when asking this question, she says the, the main problem with the health care argument is that it's not the, pe- the, the amount of people that can't afford it. It's the amount of people that can afford it that have chosen not to buy it or, chose, or choose not to buy it. And that's a, a, that was very, very eye-opening when he went into detail about how, how, how that is causing the problem. Again, it's not just the issue of those that can't afford health care. It's those that can't afford health care that, cho- that are choosing not to buy it. That is a, situ- is a, is a strong component of the health care situation. We understand about the, ad, the, uh, the, the, the um, what do you call those people? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm losing the words. The, uh, the people that advocate on behalf of the business owners, and the conglomerates. My God, I can't even remember what that word is. But I know President Obama won a legislation where he banned them, but from the off from uh, the White House. Now, again, we're going to go on to the next stuff of entertainment. 
but let's we'll discuss the healthcare situation down the road. But again, that's one of the things. Lobbyists. That's the word that, is, that I couldn't think of. Uh, the healthcare, the health industry has a lot of lobbyists working for them in D.C. So it's going to be a battle between what the president really wants, what the medical, the, the business uh, corporations want, and what do the people want? What do you want? All right. Uh, last component here. Uh, entertainment. We talked about the DreamWorks purchase. We talked about the Disney purchase of Marvel. Uh, we did talk about the Congo film. Uh, a little bit in depth. I wanted to have you box office numbers, but they're still being compiled, so I apologize for that. We will definitely, we may have to go to a longer show, like maybe an hour and a half next next week to get everything in. I'm thinking about that. Uh, District 9 was released, and that did very well at the box office, though the budget was about the size of the food services for the first Lord of the Rings. Great film uh, made by an African, uh, a South African, in South Africa with Africans, with South Africans. So to me, it's an African film. Now, there's been some comments about the movie, references to portrayal of some of the individuals in the movie, particularly Nigerians and what have you. But a friend of mine, Howard Simpson, made a good point of saying, you know, this is a situation where, yes, it's, it's, it's uh, mirrored to apartheid, but it's a situation where the blacks, the coloreds, the whites, that state that was broken down in South Africa, have one common enemy, the aliens. So that's where the perspective is coming from. Some people have made the issue of, well, you know, the Anglo was in charge or the, the black people don't look well or what have you. But if you step back and look at the situation, that this is, about, this is about a story about aliens who are being abused by the society that they are refugees in, then I think you'll see the movie in a different context. Context. If you haven't lived that experience, then it might be difficult for you to actually look at the overall um, presentation of what the movie is saying and try to convey. Again, another conversation, but that's something we had touched about, we wanted to touch on today. Now, the last thing we want to talk about here is a few shout-outs, a few things going on. Uh, Sam Casey, uh, Ghanaian, based in Atlanta, with uh, Sankofa Pictures, recently was in Ghana, gave, from what I understand, our last conversation. She gave a great presentation on filmmaking and the structure of it in Ghana. I don't have her website in front of me, but she's actually on one of my Facebook friends. You can check her out there. Or you can, I believe, look for SankofaPictures.com, where she has a blog. So that's an African doing, her, doing what she does. I believe she's going back sometime soon to shoot something, I believe a corporate video over there. And I believe while she's there, she's going to spend more time with um, some, some teenagers and some young kids who are putting together a movie or movies that they're going to screen in the near future. Um, also, we have Raz Adosi. I hope I'm pronouncing his name was Raz, Nigerian actor in, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, he's right now in the midst of producing Area Boys, which is set in Nigeria. If you want more information about that, you know, just send me an email. Send me uh, some information you'd like to know, and I'll pass it on to him, see if he can tell me, and I'll see if he has a press release that he wants to share with me. I believe he's still looking at uh, some more financing to bring it the way he wants to bring it. So we'll have that information for you on our page, on our blog talk page in the near future as we get this information in. Um, Haz Hakim uh, recently appeared in X-Men. He's doing very well. I believe he just wrapped up the movie Dog Fur. He's Nigerian, based in Los Angeles, came here via South Africa. Doing very well and climbing up the charts. In fact, I suggest you go to uh, Sylvester Ogabechi's, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, go to uh, nollywoodfoundation.org, nollywoodfoundation.org, check him out. Uh, uh, It's not a film festival, it's a symposium where the producers and the creative decision makers and the lawyers, what have you, come together in, in Los Angeles, I believe, every July 
um, at the Omni Hotel. It's a great gathering. Uh, they just had one recently, obviously, because it's September and July. Um, he has some news to share. If you go to their website, you'll see what's going on. But there's a lot of things going on in Nollywood. They're really doing some things, and I definitely look forward to visiting the country. Other news, uh, Omicron Dabinga has had his book release uh, party or signing in D.C. I'll have more information for you that in, uh, in the next show next Saturday. Again, it's Omicron Dabinga. I'm very proud of him. He also has a video up of his presentation, Motivational Speaking to the People in D.C. I believe it's in D.C. He is the platinum speaker with Les Brown. And to be at that level, you have to really be good. So other news also taking place is... Um, where I begin, uh, Tanya Kersey has the Hollywood Black Film Festival, I believe, I'm mispronouncing it, but it's the uh, Financing Symposium or Consortium. I'll have better information you, for you on the next show, but that is taking place in October. What it is is those that are uh, producers, investment bankers, venture capitalists will be speaking to people in Hollywood produ- uh, that want to produce, that basically want to get the questions answered of how can they get financing for their projects and um, get investments for their projects and make those projects come to fruition. I'll have, again, also that information next week and some contact information for Tanya Kersey. She is the founder and executive director for the Hollywood Black Film Festival. I believe it's going seven, eight, ten years strong now. So, again, we'll have that information for you next week. Now, people, that was our first show today. Send me an email. Let me know who you want me to who do you want me to talk about next week in reference to uh, giving a shout out to. If you have an announcement you'd like me to make, uh, just write me offline, and I'll make that for you. It costs of five dollars for the announcement, but I reach a lot of people and you get a lot of feedback, and it's a global audience that we have here. Um, also, to let you know, um, the Memorial New York is coming together very well coming together very well. I'm really looking forward to doing it. It's an emotional event. It's a, it's a struggle to do the event because, you know, we're talking about people here. We're not talking about numbers. But, again, if you're coming to the memorial to make friends, you might not want to be there. I'm, I, I always give it as it's happening. And I want to I just speak the truth, and the truth is based on fact. And the fact is, right now, we're at the end of our show. We're going to go out by giving a, tribute, a little tribute to Michael Jackson, who passed away. Uh, several weeks ago, he was finally laid to rest at Forest Lawn in a two-story mausoleum. This is Michael live from Bucharest, one of the baddest concerts I have ever seen, and I wish I was there. Michael lives on. Always remember, you can you can you can make a decision to remain in as a backup singer, or you can step out and be a lead singer. What would Michael's life have been had he remained a backup singer, or had he remained a part of a group? If you stay in the comfort, you'll remain the comfort. If you step out, then you'll figure out and you'll find out how big you can be. Fear imprisons you. Fearless liberates you. People, side to Benga, side Kikesa to Benga, I'm out. Michael, show them what you are about and show the legacy you built behind. I'm gone.
and gentlemen, that was dedicated to my little nephew, little Tyler in Boston. Ladies, I am gone. Let's take the music out. Take it easy. Delano, for you. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.